Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Just as we, but the message did not profit them because it did not mix with faith in them. It means that we can hear the message, but it does not mean that the message will profit us. The message will only profit us when it mixes with faith in us. Now, how does the message mix with faith in us? God is able to see our faith. The Bible says when he saw their faith. So it means that faith can be seen. I might not see your faith, but God sees your faith. The Bible said of the woman with the issue of blood, she came in faith. And this is very crucial for what we are going to do this morning. So as we start this morning, let us start by praying, trusting God for his word. Father, we have come to you this morning, trusting that you will help us. We look not unto man, but we look unto you. The psalmist says, we lift up our eyes to the hills. From where does our help come from? Our help comes from you, Lord. This morning we are gathered not to flesh and blood, but we are gathered to you who is the king of kings. And we ask this morning that you will speak your word to us. You will help us from above and you will meet us at the point of our need. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Quickly, I will start by reading from the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. I'll be reading from the Passion Translation, which we are going to have here. And the Passion Translation. I want us to follow because this morning we'll spend most of our time just zooming in on this scripture and just taking it a little bit further than just the surface. So I will start by reading. I want us to follow as much as possible. Um, on one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby, rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked him, Let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, Now row out to deep water to cast your nets and you will have a great cash. Master, Peter replied, We have just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, so much that their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this 
astonishing miracle. He knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, Go away from me, master, for I am a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John, the sons of Zebedee, were horse-struck over the miracle cache of fish. Jesus answered, Do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. After pulling their boats to the shore, they left everything behind and followed him, Jesus. May the Lord bless the reading of his word into our heart in Jesus' name. This morning, I've titled the message, Divine Help in the Marketplace. I call it Divine Help because as we read, we'll see that it's not just help. It's not just a general help. This is a divine help. And it is targeted towards the marketplace because if we look at the scripture, we'll see that what took place, took place in the marketplace. It did not take place in the church. It took place outside of the church. When we study Jesus' ministry closely, we'll see that many times Jesus did his miracle outside of the walls of the church. Jesus reached out with the people that were in his community. So we want to understand that why we are saying it's a marketplace is because according to some people, they have actually classified the society to about seven pillars. And out of these seven pillars, only two are outside of what they call the marketplace, which is family and religion. But they classify government, business, arts and media, and education as part of the marketplace. So because when we look at it, this is where most of the people, majority of people, spend their day and their lives in the marketplace. When we look at people who work for the church, they are few in numbers compared to the people outside. So it makes sense that when Jesus was going to reach out in his ministry, he spent most of his time reaching out to those who are outside. So I want us to get this understanding so that when we move on, we move on from this place. Now, when we look at this scripture very well, I want us to understand one thing again. That what took place here and what most of us do daily is that we go out to fish. We go out to fish for clients. We go out to fish for customers. We go out to fish for ideas. We go out to fish for funds that are going to fund the research we're doing or whichever work we are doing. So basically, what every one of us or most of us are doing is we are actually looking for fish. And this fish is basically every day we wake up, we spend most of our time looking for either what to eat or we are walking towards a way that is going to something that is going to sustain our life. 
So basically, we are actually going out there to walk, to fish, hoping that we might sell the fish and make money from it so that we can be able to have what we call the basic needs of life, which is food, shelter, and clothing. So, in a sense, we can say every one of us are fishermen. So, when we come back to this scripture, we realize that Jesus came to fishermen. So, if we put ourselves to the picture, into the picture, we realize that we are saying Jesus is coming to us. So that we do not limit this to people who are commercial fishermen alone. But we understand that this issue addresses every one of us. But then, there's something about the story. The key thing about the story, when we start, is that Jesus came to this place. And when Jesus came to this place, he came and he needed to use a boat. And when he came to these men and asked them, let me use your boat. Peter had an option. And the first option is he could say, wait a minute. Look, you are in business, I'm in business. You cannot borrow my boat except you have money. If you want to use my boat, then give me something. Because actually, you are going to be wasting my time. Because I could make this amount of money for the period that you are going to be using my boat. I want us to understand this because sometimes Jesus comes to our workplace. He comes to our place where we are studying. Those who are students. And they say, can I have one hour of your time? And it's one hour, seems so long. And you say, Jesus, look, I have a test on Tuesday. I have one on Wednesday. I need all the time that I have. If you are going to take one hour of my time, then what will I have left? I want us to understand this. Because this key principles is important if God is going to help us. Jesus knew the situation of this man. Why? Because Jesus knows all things. But he will not come to Peter and say, Peter, cast your net to the deep first. No. There is principles to follow. And the first principle is let me use your boat. This principle is a principle that we saw even in the Old Testament when Elijah was sent to that widow in Zerophite. This is what happened when Elijah came to this widow. The Bible said to us that this widow actually, she was planning that this is my last meal and I'm going to eat it with my son. And we are going to die. And when he came to that widow, 
he said, can I have a cup of water? And the Bible said, as she was going to take it, he said, can you bring for me a meal? And the widow said, that look, there is a meal at home. But actually, this is for me and my son. But I will make for you first. He said, make for me first. And the woman responded. And when she made for Elijah first, she did not lack until God sent rain. We might think that this was just a coincidence, but Jesus referenced it later in the New Testament. He said, there are many widows in Israel, but Elijah was not sent to any of them but to the widow in Zerophite. Therefore, that scripture made us to understand that actually Elijah was sent by God to that woman. God has earmarked that that day, that woman was not going to die, but she was going to receive divine help. But there was a principle in place. And the principle is, will you make for me first? Can I eat from your house first? This principle is important if God is going to help us. The second thing I want us to understand is we must respond to his word. We must respond positively to his word. If we look at that scripture again, when he said, let me use your boat. And he said, can you push close to the shore? And after that, Jesus has never at any point uses a man's resources and go away without blessing him. There is no person who has ever given of their time to Jesus and they said, Jesus wasted my time. He used the boats of Peter. But the next thing is that Peter, can you launch into the deep and get a great cash? And when Jesus blesses us, his blessings, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord make a trick and add no sorrow. His blessings are not blessings that are trickled. They are not like showers that just comes upon you for a moment. They are things that stays with you as long as you remain in him. Bible said when Elijah, that woman made for Elijah first, there was a declaration upon our resources. And it did not run dry until God sent rain. So when we look at the scripture again, there's something that is key. Bible says, Peter responded. Peter said, Master, look, I'm a professional fisherman. And just for the record, and I know it's for the record because if he had not said that, we would not know that Peter had actually spent all night with his friends. He said, we have labored all night. We have toiled all night. And we have caught nothing. Not even one. We have caught nothing. Sometimes in our lives, 
And some of us, if not all of us, can identify with this. We spend time laboring. Those who are students, who are doing, those who are doing research, you spend hours. And sometimes it seems as if you cannot see any result of all that you have spent hours on. It seems as if you have been laboring. And if somebody says, so what have you been doing with your time? There's nothing to show for it. Imagine Peter. And you know Peter has a wife. Maybe we don't know. But Peter has a wife. Because there is a time in scripture, the Bible says, Jesus went to the house of Peter. And the mother-in-law of Peter was sick. So Peter had a wife. Now, just imagine if Peter had told the wife, you know, and he had to tell the wife, I'm going out to fish. And he left 6 p.m. And he came back in the morning after about 12 hours. And he said, where is the fish? And he said, actually, I caught nothing. <laughs> it will be like, are you serious? Is it that you have lost your skills and you don't actually know how to fish again? You know, these are issues of life. In the marketplace, it's like you are in business. And after some time, you look at your balance sheet. And it seems as if all is negative. You cannot see the positive in it. It's like you are spending, but nothing is coming back. Let's imagine the amount of energy that has been expended working all night. Laboring all night. The amount of distance that was covered, yet nothing for it. But then Jesus came. And Peter did not say, you know what? Look, I hear you. You are a great preacher. Your message was good. But yeah, just leave me alone. Peter said, nevertheless, because you have said it, I will launch to the deep. If God is going to help us, we must respond positively to his word to us. It's not enough to hear him and say, I hear you. But what are you going to do? Are you going to respond and say, because you have said it, I will do it. Or you are going to allow your human experience to override this word. You know, we have human experience. We know how to study. We know how to do business. We know how to do everything. The principles are there. But you can practice all the principles and get nothing. And at that point, Jesus is saying, can I help you? Can I help you? And his help comes in the form of words to you. I say, what can I do with this word? You say, I should launch to the deep. Do you think I was playing all night? Do you know how many plays I've covered already? Maybe you did not hear me. I say, I've worked all night. But it's not saying you have not worked. It's saying, can I help you? Will you respond to my word? This is some of the issues that we face in life. 
You know, there are times in school when I was studying in my undergraduate days, I've seen God help me. When I'll go and pray at night and I'm having tests the second day and I'm praying, God is saying, focus on this side. Read this side. And then I come back. I go and focus on that place. And when I get into the test or the exam, it's like if I saw the paper. So one day, the the people who are behind me, who are in the third year, I was in the fourth year. When I was sharing, you know, and they would say, I was just sharing normally with them when they study. I say, I'll focus on this side, focus on this side. And then they would enter the test and see it. So they thought maybe I am able to see the question somewhere. So they come to me and say, no, I don't have access to the question. But one way or the other, I have access to him that knows all things. So one day somebody took my notes, stole my notes. I have two notes. The first one that I've covered to a point was stolen. And that one, because I write notes. Some people, you know, some people don't write notes. So now it's time for exams. They, they try to look for people who have notes and they steal the note. So now my note was stolen, one of it. And the other one was left. And as I was praying, God said, focus on this note. And when I entered the test, the exam, no question came from the note that was stolen. <laughs> After the exam, I found my notes. Because the person realized that, oh, this was a useless thing to do. So I've realized that God can indeed help us. Another thing is don't take all the blessings to yourself alone. God's blessing to us is not that we alone will consume everything. Bible said in that scripture that when God, Jesus told Peter to cast his net to the deep and he pulled and he saw. He was not the only one that had labored all night. There were other people that equally labored and caught nothing. And Peter said, guys, come. Peter could have said, let me just keep everything to myself because I don't know if I will get tomorrow. But God's principle is that as you give, I will give back to you. Proverbs eleven twenty four says there is one that gives to himself and yet he becomes poor. But there is one that gives out and he increases in wealth. There are principles for God to help us and to continue to help us. God can help you but if he sees that as he helps you, you keep everything to yourself, then there is no point in helping you again. So sometimes in life, God does not help us or stops helping us because 
we have actually stopped sharing and reaching out to others with a blessing. These are principles that we need to get as we read this word. Another thing is that we must not allow ourselves to be robbed of help. What do I mean by this? If you read that scripture again, the Bible says, when Peter saw what happened, and there is nobody in this room, I believe, that will experience what Peter experienced, and actually will not be overwhelmed. The Bible says he caught fishes so much that his net was breaking to the point that when they called their friends, they filled the boats and the boats were actually sinking. The boats were about to sink. That's the depth of what they caught. If you want to know, the Bible never told us the amount the numbers of fish. But there is another scripture in John chapter 21 that Jesus appeared to them at the shore and they caught fish. But in this time, they, their nets did not break. But something is that the Bible recorded the numbers there and it said 153 fish. Now, if we imagine that for Peter, to have in that situation, 153. But in this situation, they have so much that they filled two boats. And these are not small boats. In fact, some scholars say, if we think about these boats, or some places say ships, actually, in the King James. And if we look at it as something of about five to six tons width of the boat. Something that is going to make the boat to sink. Sorry. Is something that is actually big enough. Sorry. It's something that is big enough. So when we look at this, this is something that is actually going to blow up our minds. And Peter felt that he was not good enough to keep this blessing. He said, God, just go away from me. There are times when God wants to bless us or God is helping us but our identity or our pasts or this condition that we feel we are in we feel that we do not deserve his help and we are saying you know what just leave me alone. But I want to tell us this morning if God is coming to help you do not drive him away. Do not tell him that, no, go away from me. I'm a sinful person. Because he knows that you are sinful before coming to help you. He knows your state before coming to help you. I want us to know that all we need to do is to receive the help and thank him for the help. Finally, one of the things we need is to remain humble. To remain humble. This is crucial as God blesses us, as God helps us in life. Humility is key. 
There is a scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 15 and 16. Uzziah was a king. And if we are opportune to read this scripture, we will realize that the first or the industrial revolution perhaps did not start in 18th century or even in 17th century. It started long ago. The Bible said, if you read the scripture and you saw what God was doing through Uzziah, it was amazing. But something happened. Verse 14 said, So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became very strong. This man was helped until he became very, very strong. But the Bible says he was marvelously helped. I don't know what being marvelously helped looks like. I will not attempt to try to explain it to you. But the Bible said he was marvelously helped. But then, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to destruction. Sometimes God helps us, but we get to a point where we become proud. You know I can do this. You know I know this. Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Our strength is not in ourselves. Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your path. When we get to a point where we feel that we do not need the help of God again. Because we have felt that we, have, we, we know the principles of how to make things work in our business. We know the principles you know, of how to make money. He said, never forget that it is the Lord your God that giveth thee the ability to make wealth. Do not forget that your ability to study and understand and pass an exam is of the Lord. If we forget this, then God says, okay, you know what? You can help yourself. Continue. We must never get to that point. But what do we do? As I conclude this morning. We must come to Jesus. We must come to Jesus. We must come in faith. We must come just as we are. We must acknowledge that we need help. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus was passing. And he said, what is happening here? He said, it's Jesus passing. And the Bible says, he shouted and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people started shutting him down. They say, keep quiet. Keep quiet. And the Bible says, he shouted the more. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says, and Jesus stopped. And he said, call him. And when they told him, 
The Bible says he threw away his garment and he ran to Jesus. He came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The woman with the issue of blood that Navasha told us about. This woman has spent 12 years with this situation. And the Bible said she had actually spent all the money she had on doctors. And she got to a point where she realized that she does not even have money. Even if she wants to spend, she does not even have. And she said, if I can get hold of the hem of his garment. Now I'd like you to understand that people were around Jesus because when this woman touched Jesus, Jesus said, who touched me? And the people said, look, people are drunken after you. People are actually pressing on you. How is it that you are saying, who touched me? And he said, because power had gone out of me. This woman came to Jesus. She came in faith. Do not let us just be around Jesus. Let us come to Jesus. You know, you can be around a rich man and be poor. You can be around a king's palace and still go hungry. You must come to Jesus. Coming to Jesus is not that you just say, you know, uh, I've, I've come to mark attendance. No. This is not an attendant thing. This is a faith thing. When she said, come with expectation. If you don't come with expectation, you will live without expectation. It says, for the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. It means that when you come with expectation, God has the ability to meet our expectation. God is not bound to do what you do not expect him to do. If you have come to him without expectation, do not say, but I've come to you. Do something. No. Did you come with faith? Jesus said, come unto me. All you who labor and are heavy laden. Who are toiling. And this is critical for our lives. This is critical for every one of us. Because when we look at our lives, sometimes we spend our energy laboring. Laboring. And he said, come to me. Come to me. This morning, I want us to be like the blind Bartimaeus. I want us to be like the woman with the issue of blood. I want us to respond. I want us to come to Jesus. I don't know what your challenge is, but Jesus knows. And he's saying, come to me. Come to me. And when you come to him, he says, everyone who comes to me, I will by no means cast them away. I will not allow them to go away. Even the woman who came 
who said, Lord, help me. And Jesus said, how can I give you what belongs to the children? The woman persisted. And Jesus had to respond to her. If Jesus will respond to somebody who seems not to be from the house of Israel, how much us? This morning, sometimes, maybe the problem is that we have refused to come to Jesus. Maybe the problem is that we have come, but we have not come in faith. Maybe the problem is that we are too wise in our whole ways. And as we come to him, we are just saying, let me hear what he is going to say again. But we have not laid down our human wisdom before him. He said, do not lean on your own understanding. In Psalms 127 verse 1 to 2, it says, if God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's grace doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will cycle it in vain. It really is senseless to walk so hard from early morning till late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. Is this not what happens to us? You know, we take pride in the fact that we wake up very early. And I'm saying this also to myself. You know, we take pride in that we wake up very early and we go to bed very late. And all our energy is spent working, laboring. But Jesus, the Bible says, unless God helps the builder, it's actually building in vain. He said it is useless. God can provide for his lovers even while they sleep. This scripture is so deep that it takes a revelation from God for us to actually see it. It says even in his sleep, it can be providing for him. I like the message. The message says, it's useless to rise early and go to bed late and walk your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? My question is, maybe the problem is we do not know that God actually wants to give us rest. You know, sometimes we can be ignorant. And ignorance actually keeps us in darkness. Because we are ignorant of the fact that God actually wants to give us rest. Sometimes we feel that God just wants to make us walk, 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 walk. And we say, you know, the ground was cursed. The Bible says Jesus became a cause for us. That we might be free from the cause of the law. Because it is written that cause be the man that anchored on the tree. That the blessings of Abraham might be ours. Even though there might be a cause on the land. We are not, under, we are not operating under a cause. Because Jesus has freed us from the cause of the law. 
He said, don't you know that he gives to those he loves? And the question is, how confident are you that Jesus loves you? Because if you know that Jesus loves you, you know, we sing that song. It says, I know that Jesus loves me. I know Jesus loves me. If we know that Jesus loves us, then why is it that we are worrying our head? Why is it that we go into depression? Why is it that we become people that seems like if there is no help and we are like that man on the pool of Bethesda who has been there for 38 years. And when Jesus said, do you want to be healed? He said, I have no one to help me. What help do you need when the Savior himself is standing before you and he said, do you want to be healed? And you still say, I have no one to help me. Is this not the situation that we are in? As we close this morning, and leave us with the question. Your struggles, my struggles, your labor, are you walking in ignorance? Or are you walking in divine understanding? Are you walking on the understanding that Jesus could actually step into your boat and help you? Or do you want to spend all your energy for yourself? I want us to bow our heart this morning and check within ourselves. There are struggles every day. Some of us are struggling in our businesses. But Jesus wants to help us. As I read this scripture, I felt in myself that it was a call from God to me that he wants to help me. He wants to say, can I help you, boy? I know you are struggling. I know that you are hardworking. But life is beyond hard work. The Bible says the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. It says even those who are wise sometimes, they do not lead a life of riches. It all depends on being at the right place at the right time. Peter was at the right place at the right time. Peter responded to the call of the Savior. Peter allowed Jesus to use his boat. I don't know what situation you are in this morning. I don't know what you are going through this morning. But I want to tell you that there is a Savior saying to you, will you come to me? Will you bring the situation to me? Will you allow me to help you? He knows you. He knows what you're going through. Do not say there is no man to help me because he is before you. He's saying, what do you want me to do? Do you want to be healed? Do you want help? Let us bow our heart as we pray this morning. Help us. Let us ask Jesus to help us. He said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. I want you to know that the promise of man is not a promise at all. Bible says, vain is the help of man. But God can help you. He can turn things around for you. You might have been laboring in your business. But I want you to know that the Bible says, weeping might endure but for a night. But joy comes in the morning. 
Joy came for Peter in the morning. Joy came for James and John, even his business partner in the morning. They labored all night, they caught nothing. But Jesus came in the morning. Maybe today is your morning. Maybe today is your day. And Jesus is saying, I'm here today to help you. Will you stretch forth your hand to me? Come to me. All ye that labor and are ever laden. There is a call for us this morning. If you are in business and you are struggling to make ends meet, you are struggling with life, you are overwhelmed that your efforts does not produce any results. You are overwhelmed by the fact that your inputs and your outputs, they are not the same. You have put so much into everything, into it. All your energy has been used up. You are at a point where you are just there. You are just there because you don't know what will happen next. I want you to rise where you are. I want you to respond to the call of God this morning. I want you to come forward. To be prayed for. There is no point sitting down there. If you have been struggling with life. You are struggling with things. You have put inputs but there is nothing to show for it. The world out there measures outputs. But Jesus is saying to you. I want to help you. Where you are. I want you to rise and come to the front. We want to pray with you. We want to join our faith with you. There is help in the house. Jesus is saying, I'm here this morning. I'm here to help you. Do not go back the same way you have come. I don't know you, but Jesus knows you. Peter needed help. And Jesus came to him. He came in the form of words, but he responded. This morning, God is coming to us again. In the form of words, we need to respond. As I hand over to Pastor Wayne, and leaders come forward. To... You know, something that I've experienced in my life is that that when I get to the end of myself it's um, it's a very good place to be because that's typically where I'm humble enough to allow God to step into the situation and into the circumstances and for him to come and do and there's you know there's there's such power in humility and for all you guys who are up here you know just coming up here and humbling yourself, I feel there's a lot of us who've been laboring hard and not seeing the results we want to see, laboring all night. Um, but I feel like, come on, there's an anointing here to turn things around. There's a, there's a, there's a faith here to see the circumstances change. Um, so if you're not in the front here, um, what I want, we want to be a family this morning. So. I'm just asking all of you guys, why don't you stand to your feet and could you stretch your hands towards these guys? 
We're going to trust God for breakthrough. We're going to trust God for energy. Some of these guys have been looking for jobs, and they haven't found that job yet. Some of them have got businesses, and they and they're struggling to make ends meet. Some are here because they're studying and they're and they're not passing and they're not getting the results they need. Some trying to get businesses going and it's difficult. Um, laboring hard, maybe on a job and not getting the results to get that end thing. And, and we're going to just stand as a, as, a, as a family this morning in faith for breakthrough in every situation here, in every circumstance here. So come on, let's lift them up before you. Father God, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, pray for these guys. Father, we thank you for the humility to come before you today. Thank you, Father God, that you answer the cries of the humble, Father God. And Lord, as they just sacrifice themselves here, Lord God, they they bring themselves before you today, Lord God. Humble themselves before you. Father God, we trust for a move of your spirit this morning. We trust for a move of your power this morning. We trust for a fresh wave of energy to come upon them. We trust for new ideas to come upon them. We trust you to come and strengthen every hand this morning, Father God. We come and ask you to break through in every circumstance here, Father God. We speak breakthrough ever over them, over their bodies, over their minds, over their business, over their jobs. Father God, we speak contracts to come in, tenders to come in, breakthroughs, partners to come, contracts to come in, Lord, business people to come and help them, Father God, people to come and enable them, Lord, we speak strength over them, Father God, we speak blessing over them this morning, Father, we speak life over them this morning, we speak perseverance over them this morning, Father God, you said, Lord, the righteous fall down seven times, they get up again, we say get up again in Jesus' name. We are hard pressed on every side, yet they are never downcast. They are never without hope. We speak blessing. We speak breakthrough, Father God. Every business, every family, every circumstance here, Jesus. Lord, we're trusting in you to come and prosper the righteous this morning, Father God. Lord, we're looking for that full boat, Father God. Lord, we're looking for the fullness of that blessing. Lord, we believe it's ours in Jesus' name. We believe you died for it. We believe you want us to be blessed. You, Lord, want us to prosper. You want us to succeed in everything, Father God. And you, Lord, at the end of it, we want you to get the glory for it. So, Lord, we just bless these lives here this morning, Father. We speak life. We speak blessing in Jesus' name. Blessing in Jesus' name. Lord, lift up your countenance upon your people. Lord, bless them. Keep them. Lift up your face upon them. Be gracious to them, we pray, Lord. Be kind, be merciful. you lay up the wealth of the wicked for the righteous. Lord, where these guys need to give their boat to you, Lord. You're in the front. I I think you just need to surrender here. If you're in the front, surrender your boat. Say, Jesus, this is your boat. This is for your glory. This is for your purposes. You got to surrender your boat. It can't be about you. It can't be about your glory, your fame, your... You want this thing to succeed because it's all about you so you can get... You got to have this moment where it's just like, Jesus, this is your boat. This is your boat. Use it for your glory. Surrender it to him this morning. 
Lord, as they surrender, we believe you step into their boats, Lord God. And you do what only you can do. There's a flood of perseverance from heaven coming upon you this morning. A flood of strength coming upon you this morning. It's pouring out on you. It's like fresh oil. Just to get on that phone again. Just to to get up and go again. There is fresh strength for you. There's fresh bread for you this morning. Maybe you're in the in the front. Maybe just can you just look up at me for a moment? I just feel like this is on my heart. I met I met this guy a little while back. He has a very successful business in, in Johannesburg, and um, for many years he he struggled in his business. Struggled, 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 struggled. And then he started learning the power of faith and putting faith into operation in his business, calling on the name of the Lord. And one thing that he had to do to show faith in God, I don't know what you have to do. You know, Peter had to give his boats. The widow had to go and make that thing. Often there's a giving, there's a surrendering that needs to happen before we receive. I don't know what that is for you. But in order for him to, to receive, one thing he realized was he was addicted to work. He would wake up early in the morning, like early before anyone else. He would be in the office at 5 a.m. He would work his entire day. He would leave at like 8, 9 p.m. at night, go home. And God said to him, you know what? You're robbing your family. You're robbing your children. You're robbing your body. You're not obeying the Sabbath because you'd work on weekends. Because he really believed it was in his strength. And for him, he had to surrender. And God said to him, I want you, I want you to, to not work more than eight hours in a day. That was his, that was for him. I'm not saying this is for you, but I'm just saying this was for him because of, that's where he's, that was where he transferred faith, well, self-reliance into faith because he was relying on himself. And he said, and God said to him this, and he said, and I don't want your employees to work beyond 5 p.m. every day. And he works in the financial institution where people are working 24 hours a day. And it was a real sacrifice. He struggled with it to, to actually just work in the allotted hours that God had given him. But he did it. And it was immediate that he started to see breakthrough in his business. It's the point where he just started employing more people, doubling turnover, tripling turnover, started stewarding hundreds of millions of rands and funds. But but it was really, it was where he got to the place where it wasn't that scripture, Psalm 127, you know, it's pointless to work day and night. And God can bless you even while you sleep. 
That is faith. That is faith. That's what faith is. Faith says, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do what you said. Lord, you've asked me to give 20% of this business to the kingdom. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet, but I'm going to trust you. What, what is that act of faith that you have to do? For some of you, it might be just keep going. <laughs> just keep persevering. Keep, keep making those calls. Keep doing whatever you, you know. Keep doing the right thing, and you'll see the breakthrough. But there's this choice that we can be in our strength or we can be in faith. We can trust God. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at enderban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.